1: Quick announcement before we begin the show. We are launching that arts and culture podcast that we promised you. I know that we haven't hit the crowdfunding milestone that we have on the website. But the fact of the matter is we get paid in American dollars by our patrons through Patreon. That's the only kind of currency they accept. And the shape that the Canadian dollar is that we're pretty much there. We're a few bucks away. We've adjusted that milestone and we're going to hit it any day now. So we're looking for a host. We have some people in mind, but this is anyone's job. We are hiring and we want to hear you. We are looking for the complete package here. We're looking for somebody who is smart, who sounds great, who is passionate about arts and culture and who can cut their own tape. We're looking for somebody who knows something about making radio. Make a demo reel for us and send it to us. And please follow these instructions or it will not be considered. No more than five minutes, MP3. Minute one, tell us about a piece of art or culture that you love. Minute two, tell us about a piece of art or culture that you do not love. And for the remaining three minutes, interview somebody who you are genuinely curious about and edit it down to no more than three minutes. You can send your arts and culture host audition reel to katie k-a-t-i-e at canadalandshow.com with the word host audition in the subject line omar muallam in edmonton you write for wire you write for canadian geographic you write for the walrus and others yes yes i do welcome back thanks for having me This episode of Canada Land Shortcuts is brought to you by Jason Cruikshank, Darlene Conway, Ian P., Sigrid Quillala, Jorge, Alison La Dwayne Elverham, Hillary Lawson, and David Picard. David, why did you decide to be awesome? For people who think that journalism should be a contest of ideas, you don't see much of it in the mainstream media here in Canada. Some of us don't have enough time to do it all ourselves, but it seems to me Canada Land's doing a lot of work for us, and I, I enjoy reading it. Omar, this episode is also brought to you by our new sponsor, Casper Mattresses. Can I talk about these mattresses for a second?
0: I would love nothing more than to talk about mattresses right now.
1: Thank you. I'm very happy that Casper is sponsoring the show. And they sent me a mattress. Like, I want to try this stuff out before I talk about it. But, you know, there's a risk involved. You have to throw out your old mattress when you get a new mattress. And I was afraid, what if I don't like it? And they send me this thing in a box and you open up the box, it's incredibly compacted, and then you cut into the plastic and voomp, it comes out. It's
0: like one of those grow dinosaur things.
1: It's, I don't know if they want me to say that, but it is very much like those grow dinosaur things. And I was like, what if I don't like it? Well, if you don't like it, there's no risk actually in buying a Casper because they just come within a hundred days and they'll pack it up and take it away. So luckily I love this thing and I, I realized something, I was hesitant to give up my old mattress, not because I liked it. In fact, my old mattress, like after a year, had like a Homer Simpson-esque cavity that my bulk had created in it. But I spent so much money on the damn thing that I felt like it would be bad value. And my whole thinking, it's like in The Matrix when you see reality, (laughs) like my whole thinking on mattresses have you gone mattress shopping in one of these crazy big showrooms?
0: Yeah, it's weirdly intimate and, and uncomfortable because you're just like lying there in your clothes and people are watching you at y- your most intimate moment. I feel like, like a schmuck. Anyway.
1: <laughs> I'm lying there in the showroom. Like, i like, I guess this is good. I guess I like this one more than the other one. You don't know. It's all just this farce. You can't make the judgment call there. And then you try to comparison shop. They actually change the name in these showrooms. And even within the same chain, like you try to call up the other one and comparison shop, they've changed the name of the same mattress, so you can't do that. So Casper's found out that it's all a sham. Everybody basically wants the same mattress with the perfect sink, the perfect bounce. They they combine latex foam and memory foam. They found the mattress that basically suits everybody. For better nights and brighter days, that's the copy. I'm going wildly
0: off script, but that's the copy. I can't tell if this is an advertisement or an expose on Big Mattress. (laughs)
1: Stick it to Big Mattress, because the prices at Casper, $650 for a twin-size mattress, eleven $1, fifty dollars for king, and you get $50 bucks towards a purchase of a mattress if you go to Casper.com slash CanadaLand and use CanadaLand as your promo code. I like these guys. I like their product. Made in America, they wanted me to mention. Okay. Casper Mattresses. Check it out. Casper.com slash CanadaLand. Along with five free travel packs You'll get a free one year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 Along with your first purchase Go to drinkag1.com slash Canada Land That is drinkag1.com drinkag1.com/canadaland. Canada Land Check it out
0: I see it from the corner of your eye The day that we will say goodbye But nothing will take away what's between you and me When you smile back at me When you smile back at me, when you smile, when you smile, when you smile. Jesse, you sounded great there. I had no idea you could (laughs) sing like that. Omar
1: Canada is suddenly hip.
0: Are they? Because I just heard Sophie Trudeau sing.
1: Oh my God, Omar. (laughs) Like, listen, I got the email when I laced into them. Don't mock the Trudeaus. Let us have this, please. We've got years to become disillusioned with the Trudeaus. We've just banished (laughs) Sauron. Let us have this, Jesse. Let us have this. Let us have our Disney prince and and, and the Disney princess. But this is why. This is why we have to mock them.
0: This is one of those moments where I remember that I'm not in America. Because, (laughs) I mean, where are all the hot takes on... Sophie Gregor Trudeau's black culture reappropriation. Like where is Salon on this? Where's the Canadian Jezebel on this? If this was America's like white first lady, there would be a thousand hot takes and then another hundred hotter takes on those hot takes right now.
1: Instead, I'm being told leave her alone. Don't be mean. This isn't some kid in special education. This is the prime minister's wife. It's okay to make fun of her. She broke out into song. If you treat them like a Disney...
0: At an MLK at rally. At an MLK rally. <laughs> or MLK tribute.
1: If we treat them like they are in a Disney movie, if we treat her like she's a Disney princess, she will suddenly break out into cappella song. We have to stop this, Omar, for her own good. If we don't stop this, like, a little sassy bluebird is going to, like, land on her shoulder, voiced by Chris Rock. (laughs) We have to stop this now.
0: And we have to maintain our hipness that we just had bestowed upon us by the New York Times as well.
1: Yes. That piece in the New York Times, Canada is suddenly hip. It was like when the New York Times is like, running shoes, they're not just for running. It's, that, that is how on it. Did you see the photograph of the guy who wrote this piece, by the way?
0: No, I didn't. Describe him to me.
1: I am marginally hipper than this guy. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like, I lived in Montreal, you know, when there were some interesting bands, and then Spin Magazine wrote a whole thing about the Montreal scene, and that was it. It was over. I don't know that we had hipness to lose with this New York Times profile. The points of reference, they're like, Sarah Nicole Prickett, a Canadian writer who left Canada five years ago, is some marker of our hipness. I don't know what's going on.
0: Well, I mean, the article reads so weirdly out of date, like, the notion that our neighbor to the north is a frozen cultural wasteland. I mean, that seems like it was written by a pre-Lorne Michaels computer phrase generator. (laughs) And like other times read like it's High Life magazine. Like, oh, and they actually like hockey up there but, you know, written by my dad, because I don't know what the hell a hoser is in 2016. It's such a weird article. I mean, I'm happy that I don't have to apologize for liking Justin Bieber anymore. I mean, that's cool, but I don't know if that says anything about my Canadianness.
1: I just don't know what to do with it. I feel like it in part culpable, even that I'm recognizing the fact that this article was written now. Like we always talk about it when the Americans talk about us It's such a big event, even just to mock the way that they talk about us.
0: It's sweet. Uh, I think Colby Kosh had a really good take on this. I mean, it, you know, Canada's hipness there is actually Toronto's hipness. I mean, three, maybe four people were not from Toronto. And so many of them were Canadians who actually left Canada to make their careers and to, to gain their coolness. So I don't know really what point this article really could have. I
1: just imagine the story meeting went where it's sort of like...
0: Did you hear about Canada?
1: There's got a good looking <laughs> you prime guys minister. noticed and...
0: Canada is really cool <laughs> right now?
1: And to just circle back on the Trudeaus... We can say a lot of nice things about them and they are very attractive people. I don't think by any estimation, they're hip. Like I, I mentioned this before, Justin Trudeau used to rollerblade into class at McGill. You know, like, like he's... Like, did he actually? He did. Oh God. There's a lot to recommend them. They
0: seem... Maybe let's not tell the world about that actually. <laughs> yeah, this story that we're starting with, expecting to hear more from Vancouver police this morning about a suspicious incident that happened at the Pacific Centre Mall.
1: Three men were caught on camera taking video of the downtown Vancouver shopping center. Police described the men as Middle Eastern. The group was seen recording video of exits and entrances, including the Dunsmere Street exit. Mall security tried to find them, but they were unsuccessful. Now, police say there's no indication the men have committed a crime, and they do not believe the public is at risk. But anyone who does have any more information is asked to contact the police. We don't believe the public is at risk, but let's start a citywide manhunt and circulate their photographs to the press who blasted these guys' image.
0: Man, this was brutal. I mean, there, there are parts of me that are a little bit conflicted about this. I mean, you get leaked something from the police. It feels like it's urgent or it like, feels like it's news. You want to run with it. But then you also have to sort of weigh the ethical concerns here. Like, oh, I don't know. Are we potentially putting innocent and might I add disabled people at harm here? Well,
1: let's finish the story. These guys were ultimately, they were apprehended. They were found.
0: Oh, sorry. Yes. I guess we'd know if they turned the... out to be
1: sinister. That would be a, but no, it, it's, <laughs> Omar, what, who did they turn out
0: They were visually impaired visitors from England who were, I I think, getting treatment, and they like to take pictures of sightseeing with their phones so that later they can appreciate it close up. If that doesn't warm the cockles of your heart, you are physically dead right now. You are not living.
1: <laughs> and I love how the press is like, oh, they owe us an explanation. <laughs> like, oh, that checks out. Okay, that's really sweet. They were doing it for good reason. Like, I was videotaping something at a mall, at a public place. No, we, we we need more information than that. And then the press side of this, I mean, the cops obviously, I mean, in leaking the photograph to the press, it's despicable, not knowing anything beyond the fact that they were taking video— then, Van City Buzz, I would like to think if this showed up and it well may have in a more mainstream traditional legacy news organization, they would have had that conversation about the journalistic ethics. Mm-hmm. Maybe they did. And they decided initially, I don't know what happened at those early stages. I know that the first outlet to publish the photographs was Van City Buzz. And we've written about them before on the website, if, if anyone wants to check it out.
0: And how did they phrase it? Because the tweet that broke the story, and this is, of course, a, a very like social media driven website. So a lot of their news comes to them through social media. The tweet was Vancouver searching for three Middle Eastern men, 360 videotaping Pacific Center Mall. I mean, if that is not intentionally to just tap into your unconscious bias, I don't know what is. And then the story runs with taking these very normal things that people maybe in their situation do, like they were taking video of exit entrances and specifically capturing shots of Dunsmere Street. I don't know. Maybe there was something interesting on Dunsmere Street. It's
1: amazing how you can make it sound so sinister and plotting. Like, oh, that's exactly what a terrorist would do. And isn't it interesting that once Van City Buzz goes with that angle, then the mainstream press, okay, well, we can't be left out of the scoop, and CBC runs the photos without blurring it. Global runs the photos without blurring it. And before you know it, these guys' images is throughout the city... The press comes back to these guys for comment and the dad, Muhammad Shiraz, he described the police's behavior. He's got a problem with the media, but he described the police behavior as brilliant. What the police did, I'm perfectly fine with that, he said. Even if they'd come and arrested us, I would have been fine with that, which made me think, how shitty must the police state be in the UK where these guys are from? That. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, how bad is the brown experience in the UK? You are a brown
1: man in Edmonton. Like, do you just like put away your smartphone camera when these kinds of stories come out? Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we we actually we had a similar story like this happen in Edmonton. I mean, it, it almost uh, became a similar story when I mer- worked at Metro. One of the reporters there had uh, somehow learned that. On the day of the Ottawa shootings, there were some suspicious people taking pictures of the war memorial in Edmonton Civic Square, and the police were looking for that person. So the reporter checked in with the police, learned that there wasn't really necessarily any reason to be alarmed, and the thing just kind of faded away. Now... As it so happens, the person, his name is Omar as well, and is a friend of mine, so he was later texting me about how the police were looking for him for taking pictures of a war memorial in Edmonton Civic Square, and they actually tracked him down. The whole thing was pretty ridiculous to begin with. The guy is a photographer. He was doing his job. But... No one plastered his face around. And I should also add, he was with a posse of people, but because he was the brown one, he was the one that was identified and followed and tracked down.
1: How messed up is it that like- It's fucked up. Being a photographer named Omar in Canada right now is a dangerous thing to be. If you take pictures in public and your name is Omar, maybe think about another job right now.
0: (laughs) Become an engineer, just like your dad told you to. Massive changes today for employees of Sun and Post Media newspapers across the country. Postmedia
1: is cutting about 90 jobs across Canada. The cuts come less than a week after Post Media announced that it was stepping up efforts to save money.
0: So, uh... It's a bloodbath, man. Yeah. It's a bloodbath. It's a massacre.
1: I mean, everyone's acting surprised. It's not a big surprise. It's awful. And it's hard to find levity in this situation. I mean, you gotta laugh or you're going to cry, or you could laugh and cry. And and there is – how did this bubble up to the public's attention? How did we get a little bit of an indication that this was on the horizon? Well, Paul Godfrey requested a meeting with the mayor of Ottawa to talk about something, and somehow the press found out about that. How did the press find out in advance?
0: How did the press find out?
1: The press found out because Paul Godfrey – accidentally did not email the mayor of Ottawa. He emailed a BuzzFeed reporter in the UK who has a similar name. To the mayor of
0: Ottawa. The irony of Godfrey, whose assistant it was, by the way, who who apparently doesn't know how to use email, throwing shade on BuzzFeed in that article, is that the flow of amazing free agents that we're about to see from these layoffs will be BuzzFeed and Vice's and Vox's gains.
1: Isn't that something that they send their own internal information to BuzzFeed? BuzzFeed calls them for comment, and Godfrey says, Why am I going to speak to the organization BuzzFeed? (laughs) deriding. And like, this is the guy's digital strategy, I guess. And that's the galling part about this is that beyond the wider picture that this is, it's a terrible time for newspapers and no one really has an answer. Godfrey has yet to communicate to his employees, uh-huh. to post media's readers, any kind of a rational, reasonable road to sustainability. So, First, it's cutting the fat, and then it was remarked yesterday when 90 people lost their jobs, journalists lost their jobs. We're beyond cutting fat. Now we're cutting off our own limbs. We're we're cutting into bone.
0: It's a lobotomy, is what one person said. I can't speak for the other newsrooms across Canada, but I'm pretty familiar with Edmonton's. And the 35 that were laid off yesterday, they're some of the most talented reporters and photographers who could work anywhere in the country if they wanted. I mean, Ryan Cormier, Brett Whitmere, Ryan Jackson, Leanne Falder, to say nothing of the great editor Margot Goodhand, who I think could work anywhere on this continent if she wanted to. It's awful. I don't understand who gets cut and who doesn't. There's also been a common knowledge here in Alberta, that the Alberta papers have been somewhat profitable, uh, maybe not after the oil market tank, but it was accepted wisdom for years that it was a little bit safer here. And yet 60 of the 90 cuts were from Alberta. So why did Alberta bear the the vast majority of it? This actually might come back to your last episode, Jesse, uh, about unions. The Alberta newsrooms were not unionized, unlike Vancouver's. Uh-huh. And I don't know what the situation is in Ottawa. Are they unionized?
1: In Ottawa? The yes, the they citizen. The citizen, the citizen is unionized. Yes. Yeah.
0: And, and, there and there are meant... members
1: of that staff that aren't, but it's very complicated because some work for Postmedia, some work for the citizen. Citizen is a unionized job, yes.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and, it, and it's also somewhat of the crown jewel of Postmedia. So, you know, I think a lot of people here in Edmonton and in Calgary, I'm sure, are very bitter. And I think just, you know, in general, there's got to be a more humane way to lay people off. Our industry is suffering. I understand why there are layoffs. But, you know, some of these people were learning that they were out of a job on their honeymoon, on the day that they heard their first child's heartbeat, on the week that they moved into a new house. And I'm not making any of these up. These are real stories. So to just have this like reverse hiring fair, there's got to be a way to do it more personally and more humanely. It just feels cruel.
1: I'm glad that you bring up Margot Goodhand. When we're sort of in this quandary of what should a newspaper do – In the newsroom, editors and reporters, it's really not our job to figure out these larger strategies. It's our job to report the news. And an argument has gone, you know what? Do your job better than ever. Serve your readers better than ever. Serve your community better than ever. And a few papers have done that. And I think that you have to look at the Edmonton Journal as leading that charge. And Margot Goodhand, with a staff of uh, the masthead is almost entirely or was entirely almost female, Mm -hmm. was, I think, kind of a beacon as a civic newspaper, but- Margot Goodhand went against Paul Godfrey or at least made some comments when an endorsement for Jim Prentice was shoved down the throat of the Edmonton Journal. She wrote, personally, I believe the tradition of endorsements coming from publishers is outdated and paternalistic. Uh, Not any kind of ad hominem attack, but she let it be known because she understands her readers that they did not want this endorsement and that that was wildly out of step with what the voters were going to go for and the readers didn't want to be told to vote for this guy they didn't want to vote for. She said so and... Then she's asked on As It Happens Yesterday, like, was this retribution from Paul Godfrey? And she said, I don't know how it affected my relationship with Godfrey, but today I'm not working for him anymore. She did not dispel the notion that this was some sort of retribution. When there are layoffs for financial purposes, for business development, whatever, that's a way to settle old scores. And that kind of stuff happens. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we're going to get much insight into that from the people. Like, Nobody likes to talk about those kinds of feuds, but there's an ugliness to the way that this has happened. I think that's what you're pointing to. There's an ugliness to Paul Godfrey showing off his diamond-studded son cufflinks, getting his massive bonuses. People have been saying, oh, it's not related. You know, Executives are going to get their salaries. It has nothing to do with anything. There is a coarseness and an inhumanity to these layoffs, and that's within the industry. We can have that conversation. The relevance to everybody else is 90 newsroom jobs, 90 like reporters, photojournalists, editors not reporting stories equals... Hundreds and hundreds of news stories that will not be reported from this point forward.
0: And local news stories, too. I mean, in today's globalized news industry, it feels increasingly hyper-local just to read something from your own city. I don't pretend to know what the answer is to save the news industry but it does feel like the wrong move it does feel like a reason why readers might feel that their local paper is increasingly disposable and can we talk about the freelance aspect of this as well yeah sure because you know i i think as a freelancer we are starting to suffer different symptoms of the same problem as well i don't know what it was like for you at the beginning of your freelance career but I'm starting to see a trend of really, really late payments Uh to freelancers as well. I don't know what the problem is with cash flow from publications, and I'm not talking one month or two months after publication. I'm talking three months, six months, nine months, a year on a story that you might have already been working on for six months before it was published. We're talking 18 months after you, you accept the work, you're getting paid. I mean, was that what it was like for you, you know, uh, in the 2000s? I, I mean, it seems...
1: Not that bad, but you, but you, I mean, I always said it's always three jobs, getting an assignment, doing the assignment, and then getting paid. A third of the job is hounding the publication or the company for payment. But that's on the wide end of the horror stories the freelancers share. Six months, a year. No, that's not supposed to happen. And how can you plan your living? How can you pay your rent? And then when that money is tied up, after a certain point, you start thinking, are they ever going to pay me? And is this yeah. company going under and that's why I'm not getting paid? So, how do you plan your economic reality as a person? so basically, what you end up with is the job of freelancer ceases to exist as a viable option.
0: yeah, man, and what else are, are all these you know new free agents going to do i don 't know I mean it just it seems to be getting worse. mind you, jesse i 'm not using fresh books Ching. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't I They don't get know. you paid quicker.
1: They do get you paid they quicker. They do, apparently.
0: Apparently um, they do. I mean, maybe that is the answer. Maybe we need product placement ads in, in our journalism. I'm willing to try anything at this point. Maybe it is native content, you know, <laughs> that is the secret. I mean, maybe this is why the BuzzFeeds and the Vices are are thriving right now.
1: No, can I make another suggestion? Like, w- w- the idea that this means we have to go right down that slippery slope as fast as possible, and I say this to all this incredible journalistic talent that is out there right now, and to young people getting into this. I don't mean to hold myself up as some shiny example. I think what I did was sort of simple, you know, do journalism you want to do that people value, build an audience, doesn't have to be huge, and then ask them to help you to continue to do it. Ask them to fund it. I know that's not going to work for a lot of the mid-career people who have to put new careers together right now, but I do think that there is an opportunity, like there's so much opportunity, there's so much stuff that's not getting covered right now. And I do believe that people are willing to pay for this stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, Casper mattresses.
1: <laughs> okay, Omar, that is your Canada Land Shortcuts. Thank you, Omar.
0: Always a pleasure.
1: Email me, please. I am at jesse at Show.com. We're on Twitter at Canada Land. Omar, where can people find you?
0: On Twitter at Omar underscore A-O-K.
1: Our website is CanadaLandShow.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter. Our crowdfunding website is Patreon.com slash CanadaLand. The next episode of CanadaLand will be up on Monday. The next episode of CanadaLand Commons will be up on Tuesday. I make this show with Kevin Sexton. If you like CanadaLand, please support us.